I didn't turn mine off. Good morning. Welcome to Stony Creek United Methodist Church. I am Pastor Michael. I'm very happy to see you all here on this very crisp fall morning. Um, we have a couple quick things to tell you about. Uh, one, uh, in the pews are these kind of reddish maroon uh, books. There are sign-in sheets. If you would be so willing to sign in if you're a member, it helps us to check in, uh, see how you're doing. And if you're a guest with us, um, if you're willing to share some contact info, we'd just like to reach out and thank you for joining us. We promise we won't spam you or start uh, sending you loads of stuff in the mail. Um, we have our board meeting this Wednesday at 6.30, uh, so please note the time change. Um, 
We have other announcements, probably, yeah. Okay. Tonight is the um, fundraiser for the Young Life. Uh, Aubrey's is going to be having the food here. And I put some of these on the back table. It uh, kind of explains it a little bit more. A pizza party for a cause. It's their fundraiser. And the play day, <laughs> we have some budding Matisse and Monet people, children, as they painted their pumpkin. And they don't dry very quickly, as we found out. couple Van Goghs. Yeah, couple Van Goghs. <laughs> yes, very impressionistic. <laughs> One with a werewolf on it. Yeah. Um, food gathers. Will, we could not do this without Will. I'll tell you, we were running on Thursday. We had 60 boxes of produce. And we started about 4. We ended at 5.30 we had less than 20 left, which is not unusual because they can still pick them up the next day. Those suckers get heavy, <laughs> let me tell you. So, Will, you're wonderful. And then here comes the fun part. Tricks and treats, next Saturday. You can make an absolute fool out of yourself and dress up if you want to. Um, you don't have to dress up to make a fool out of yourself if no, you want. No, that's true. That, no, I definitely do not have to. Um, and it's going to be in the pavilion. Uh, if it rains, we'll be in the fellowship hall. But right now, it's saying it's supposed to be around 70. Oh. Thank you, guys. Heat wave. Yay. This is my island so. in the sun. Shh. I'm not done. Shh. Sorry. And um, if, if you're handy now candy or working one of the games, probably try and arrive by about 3.45-ish so we can do last minute setup or, you know, get things arranged and kids can get started at 4 and we can eat candy until they get here. Okay, that's all. <laughs> that's enough. Oh, here I am. Okay. Uh, we are still missing ushers, uh, although we get along pretty good with what we do now, but uh, there hasn't been anybody for December, January, February, or March. Um, if, you know, we, we're, we're getting along without really assigning too many people. They just jump in, but uh, we're still short on those four months. Thank you. Fonda. Yeah. And also with the fundraising dinner, if you want to make a donation uh, to the group but you are not able to come tonight, uh, please feel free to put it in the offering plate and just mark that it's for the Young Life uh, group and we will make sure that gets to them. I have something more. Oh, yeah, more. sorry. Um, I've been talking to a few people that don't come on Sunday mornings. They watch us. And we need to use microphones, Fonda, when we're out there because they can't hear anything you say over the telephones or the, the television without 
uh, having a more microphone. So we need to work a little harder on that and uh, we'll get that cleaned up. Okay. So if you didn't catch what Fonda was saying, if you have someone that you want named in the um, All Saints service, let her know by next Sunday. And hello and welcome to all those who are joining us via Facebook or listening on the phone or... The radio. Sure, yeah, all that fun stuff. Um, that's some of the business and the things we do here at the church, uh, but now I'd ask you to please turn your hearts and minds towards a time of worship, and I'm going to turn things over to our praise band to get us started. And we are just following the bulletin today. Um, here are praises is in your bulletin. The 2152 Change My Heart, O oh God, is in the black hymnal supplement, if you have that in your pew. It should be near you if it's not where you are. We put them approximately <coughs> where people are sitting. So. Okay, here are praises.
Okay, Change My Heart, Oh God. Like I said, it's in the black hymnal supplement if you have one near you. Number 2152. stay seated, but we're going to start the opening prayer. God of justice and mercy, we thank you for the gift of the law and all the scriptures. We thank you for establishing justice and for dealing with us, not according to our faithfulness, but according to your mercy. Put your persistent spirit within us so that we may work tirelessly and cry out day and night until your will is done in all the earth. We pray to you who helps us in the name of your Son, our Jesus Christ. Amen. The writer of 2 Timothy calls us to carry out your ministry fully. 
Our ministry is more fully carried out when our hearts are full, full of love, justice, and generosity in sharing what we have with others. Equipped for every good work, we now present ourselves and our offerings before God. please rise and join in singing our doxology, hymn number 95. God of generous providing, you have given us so many gifts that enrich our lives. The sacred writings that provide instruction, correction, and training. The gift of the church, con conventional love and faithfulness. Your own dear son, Jesus Christ, our savior. The gift of the spirit, our advocate. We belong to you and all that we have belongs to you. Use these offerings, we pray, in service of the justice you are establishing through your kingdom in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.
You may be seated, and I invite you to join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You may remain seated for our next hymn number 593, Here I Am, Lord.
Now is the time that we bring before God and God's people the many things that weigh upon our hearts and minds as well as those that give us cause for great celebration. Do we have any joys or concerns we'd like to raise up this morning? Nancy and I will be celebrating our 53rd wedding anniversary on Tuesday. I don't know how she's put up with me for that long. <laughs> I'd like prayers for a dear friend of mine. We've, we've been friends since I was 12. Her name is Lavona. And she's been moved from independent living to assisted living. And she's not doing very well. She needs our prayers. I'd like to thank you all for prayers for my mom. Um, in case you hadn't heard, she passed away last Sunday afternoon. Uh, we're doing well. <laughs> Everyone keeps calling and saying, are you okay? Do we have any others? All right. This morning, uh, for our call to prayer, we are using again uh, the song that's printed in your bulletin. It's also on page 2200 in the faith we sing, which again is that black uh, thinner hymnal supplement. This morning, as printed in your bulletin, when I say the words, O oh God, our judge and our redeemer, I invite you to reply, we cry to you day and night, help us, O oh God. We thank you, O oh God, for all who have taught us the faith and who teach us still this faith that is a firm foundation for our lives and our life together. We pray that you will continue to guide and bless the church in yet another time of change and reformation. Help us to trust in you so strongly that we are willing to take risks for the gospel, even if in risking we grow uncomfortable or afraid of uncertainty and newness. Keep us moving in concert with the Holy Spirit. Give your church wisdom to discern sound teaching. Never let us be satisfied with easy answers that do not follow your way. O oh God, our judge and our redeemer, we cry to you day and night. Help us, O oh God. We bring to you the concerns and cares of the world around us. Especially we pray for those who long for justice and freedom, safety and sustenance. We pray for those who work to overturn laws that are oppressing and those who work to restrain military might that threatens human dignity. We pray for people caught in unjust systems, those being denied education and health care, victims of human trafficking, exiles who wander lonely for home. We pray for all who live daily with food insecurity and job insecurity and peace insecurity. We pray fervently for an end to war and violence among us. 
We pray for an end to hunger and for an increase in generosity as we share the world's resources. We pray for all who are in harm's way today, whether the threat is from natural disaster or disaster of our own contriving. O God, our judge and our redeemer, we cry to you day and night, help us, O God. We bring to you the cares and joys of our lives. We rejoice with those among us who celebrate a time of newness and renewal, for a new addition to a family, for a new relationship bringing a sense of happiness and fun, for meaningful work to do and good colleagues, for new members and visitors among us who bring energy and ideas and faith stories that enrich our life together, for healing and hope after a difficult time. We pray too for those in the midst of struggle and pain, those who are contending with illness, ones in need of the comfort and peace that only you, O Lord, can give. We pray for those who are living with the anxiety of loss, of income, of memory, or stability of home or friendship. Heal us of all our diseases, strengthen us in our frailties, and empower us for change. We especially lift up celebrations of a 53rd wedding anniversary for Dave and Nancy. We lift up the concerns and the needed care for Livonia. And we continue to lift up Katie and her family as they mourn the passing of her mother. O oh God, our judge and our redeemer, we cry to you day and night, help us, O oh God. We do not cry out in desperation, but in hope. For all you are just in all your ways, and you hear us when we call upon you. We pray that in us you may indeed find faith, the faith of our Savior Jesus Christ living within us. Amen. I invite you to <clears throat> join aloud with me our prayer for illumination. Holy God, the words of Scripture are God-breathed words inspired by you and given life through the power of your Holy Spirit. By your Spirit, breathe your word into us so that we may become proficient in the language of faith and equipped to proclaim the message we receive for the sake of Jesus Christ, the living word. Amen. The scripture reading for today comes from Jeremiah 31, verses 27 through 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will plant the kingdoms of Israel and Judah with the offspring of people and of animals, just as I watched over them to uproot and tear down and to overthrow destroy and bring disaster, so I will watch over them to build and to plant, declares the Lord. In those days, people will no longer say, the parents have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge. Instead, everyone will die 
for their own sin, whoever eats sour grapes, their own teeth will be set on edge. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out to Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our next hymn is number 601, The Word, Thy Word is a Lamp. If you'll rise, please. may be seated. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke. You can find this reading on page 1038 in your Bibles in the pews. We are in the 18th chapter of Luke's Gospel, reading verses 1 through 8. This section of text is headed with the line, the parable of the persistent widow. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. 
And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith, or will he find faith on the earth? This is the word of God for the people of God. If you would please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. God of justice and mercy, we know that you love justice and truth. We know that you find joy in our efforts for justice and mercy for those who have been denied them. But we also acknowledge that we fall short sometimes in our pursuits. We know that we ourselves are sometimes the very sources of injustice in our world. We plead for your help. We ask that you would send your Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds that we might refocus our lives and our love on justice and truth led by your love and grace for all of your creation. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <clears throat> well, good morning once again to you all. I pray that it is well with your soul and that you are experiencing all the wonders of God's creation during the season of autumn. It is the 19th Sunday after Pentecost and the third Sunday of October. We are going to continue in our October sermon series for prayers that don't work. If you have not been able to join us for the first two weeks, I, I want to again just lift up that the intention of this series is not meant to offer judgments on anyone's prayer life or prayer practices. The last thing that I would want for these messages to convey would be to cause an, any anxious or guilty feelings. My intention, rather, is that by journeying through this series together, we might find out more about prayer, more we can learn about, as well as some new things can learn about our faith things that can help us to grow. We've been using and continue into Luke's gospel as Luke's gospel has been shown to be really helpful in addressing some of the fundamental, fundamental aspects of prayer. It is my hope that by the end of this series that concludes next week that we might all feel at least a little bit more confident and empowered as we speak to God. I also hope that we might all come away feeling able to speak more boldly and honestly with God in our prayers in unfiltered and confident words. This morning with our second reading that I just read to you from the 18th chapter of Luke's Gospel, we heard the parable of the persistent widow. You know, if we go through all of Jesus' parables, we find that one of the most attractive and also honestly frustrating elements is just how recognizable his characters are. For instance, I have to admit that I will find myself often having to 
apologize for some of these characters' behavior, even wishing that Jesus would cast a more well-behaved group. Not that I am saying that the cast of characters in Jesus' parables are always evil or the worst of the worst. If anything, they are the most realistic reflection of humanity. But the thing is that Jesus seeks to reveal the wisdom that is hidden in everyday life. He's less concerned with the religious nuggets that seem to be reserved for the pious and the polite. It's also rather striking that for all the ways we gloss over the difficulties of faith, Jesus never shies away from them. He never sidesteps them or ignores them. He speaks plainly here about the reality of unanswered prayer, laying the blame not on a lack of faith or proper verbiage or lexicon. No, instead, Jesus blames it on lack of persistence. What this parable boils down to, or at least one thing it can boil down to, is that when our prayers seem ineffective, Jesus encourages us to basically harass God. Which I have to admit, I find a little humorous, given the reality of what we claim and belief of the triune God. We could argue that Jesus, in encouraging us to harass God, is encouraging us to harass himself. Now, this parable is situated immediately following instructions about the return of Christ, which implies that there will not be a, a gradual buildup, but instead that it will all go down, as he says elsewhere in Scripture, like a thief in the night. Luke has been offering the faithful a word about remaining faithful in the meantime, until this comes, clinging to Christ when there seems to be no signs and the odds seem stacked against the truth of the gospel. We find that the gospel writer characterizes the intent of this parable as leading the faithful to always pray and never lose heart. And the truth is that sometimes, maybe more often than we may even like, but sometimes faith will look like persistence, like the sheer force of will. The story that Jesus tells is of a woman who is denied justice, likely because the judge who presides over her case neither fears God nor respects people, as he readily attests to. But still, she will not rest. She will not give up. She will not be deterred. Her request of him really is pretty simple, that justice be served. She never asks for special treatment. She does not plea for some exceptional judgments in her favor. All that she is asking is that he fulfill the work 
that he has been called to. All she asks is that he follow the system already in place and abide by the accepted rules and understood expectations. And in the end, he does relent. Now, it is worth noting, I think, that he does not relent to her because he has some miraculous change of heart. This is not the story of the Grinch who stole Christmas, whose heart grew three sizes that day. From the way he seems to speak of himself, I'll be honest, I'm not really totally sure he has much of a heart at all to even change. But he does relent because he realizes that this woman was not going to quit ever, like never, ever. She was going to be there day after day after day after day until he heard her. Now, something that I do want to point out for all of us is that we must be careful whenever we read a, a parable to take it from, or to take from it what Jesus intends and to not overthink it. And that is true of this parable and really every other parable that Jesus shares in Scripture. This parable is not meant to somehow indicate that, that God is some spineless magistrate unwilling to fulfill his heavenly duties. That is not the message that Jesus is trying to get across to the people then or to us today. As he often does in other places, Jesus shows that even fallible human beings can get it right, at least some of the time, under the right circumstances. And think about what this really is telling us. If bad judges like this one can deliver justice with enough encouragement, the righteous one of Israel will most certainly not fail now or ever. I must admit that my own prayers from time to time can get bound up in their results. Sometimes if I don't receive what I have asked for, I may begin to wonder if maybe the prayer was even effective. Did I not write or did I not ask for the right thing? Did I maybe ask in the wrong way? Was I being arrogant or presumptuous? Did I ask for something that I should have never asked for in the first place? I sometimes start to question myself, my motivations, my methods, my expectations. And sometimes I, I have to remember that God is not a vending machine when it comes to my requests and my prayers. But you see, the power of this story is that it's not one of the widow's midnight annoyances that is somehow more productive than the others. She doesn't come one day with a more compelling story or argument. No, it's that she shows herself determined and confident that justice will be done. Her belief is not in her own actions, but in the very justice that she is seeking. 
Now, as I have said many times, and you will continue to hear me say, there are many potential learnings that we can take away from these parables, as well as pretty much every other section of verses in the Bible. There's rarely, if ever, only one lesson or learning opportunity. Sometimes it takes what is happening in our own lives at a given moment or time for a certain message or a certain lesson to become clear. Sometimes it is just how the Holy Spirit is moving within us and around us. Sometimes it is what God happens to open our understanding to and possibly part of God's greater plan that we don't yet know or understand. But in this particular story, at least one of the things that we can, can learn about, can find out about, is that at some level, and from some perspectives, it's about the stewardship of prayer. It's about tending to the unspeakable gift that God has given us to knock on heaven's door. And I'm not talking about the song that Bob Dylan wrote and performed along with performances by everyone from Eric Clapton to Guns N' Roses. Sorry. That would be an interesting praise band hymn. We should think about Never mind. Seriously, though, Jesus wants his followers, all of us, in a constant state of courageous prayer, And not because it is somehow more effective, but because the ones praying hold so fiercely to and believe in the justice they seek for this broken world. That and their fierce belief in the power of God to deliver that justice. God is not a lazy magistrate who is going to just finally get tired of hearing us and give in to what we ask for. God loves us. God hears every prayer that escapes our lips or our hearts or minds. Jesus is telling us to be persistent in our prayers. And to be that persistent, we have to have that fierce belief in the justice we seek and in the power of God. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is number 496. I apologize in one of the bulletins it's 664, but it's supposed to be 496, Sweet Hour of Prayer.
Beloved siblings in Christ Jesus, you belong to God. Therefore, I urge you, stand firm in the faith, pray persistently, and work tirely for justice. For the days are surely coming when God's kingdom will be all in all. God's steadfast covenant writes it, the law of love in our hearts. Christ's concern for the least demands it, the cry of justice on our lips. The Spirit's encouragement breathes it, the living word within us. May the love of God dwell in your hearts. May the grace of Christ uphold you in faith. May the Holy Spirit equip you for ministry until Christ's kingdom already in view comes in fullness among us. May the presence of God, the grace of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit sustain us all in faith and service now and forever. Amen.